Hello, welcome back to Pod Save Africa. It's your bi-weekly news update. Is that the correct word? Bi-weekly? Bi-weekly? It is it's a shadow news update and we're back, guys. Uh, it's your host, Akande <laughs> Adirile. And um, I have with me our two co-hosts. Back with us, Ifi and Oinko. Uh, guys, holla, holla at the listeners real quick. What's up? What's Hi. up? Hi. All right. Awesome. Glad to be back. We're glad to be back. We're sorry this is coming out. A day we, of, uh, say what you need to say. We know you guys definitely missed us. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I miss, imagine I miss. having to go a whole month without hearing our voices. Has it been a right? month? Has it been a whole month? Oh, wow. Okay, shit. That's cool. But, yeah, I have missed back. this, actually. Yeah, yeah. and I've missed, missed the podcast too, like... On Valentine's Day. Yeah, I've missed the, Ruth and Akiade on The podcast on is like the side chick I was really thinking about while I was with my girlfriend. Wild. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Unless you get to listen to this, right? Baby, I love you. I... Baby, I love you. Please. <laughs> I don't... It's all bad times. Um, all right, all right. Let's, that let's... took a left turn much earlier than than we usually it take did. a left it turn. So. I know it came to my mind. I just can't help it. Um, all right, all right, guys. Let's get started. How about we do? How about we do? Um, uh, I could start first. Um, since I'm the best. Okay. And uh, only call or if he can <laughs> go next, what? it don't really matter. Um, <clears throat> I'm already stressed out. <laughs> okay, let's get it going. All right, so the first story we have for you guys today is from South Africa. Um, BBC News reports that the ANC leaders have decided on President Zuma's fate. Um, they have essentially, they, at the point where we put the stories together, they were actually just meeting to decide it and they gave him the their national executive committee gave him two days to step out down he ended up actually resigning so jacob zuma is no longer the president of south africa this is a big turn because this was somebody that was pretty much all powerful at some point um he's survived other votes that have called for him to essentially step down and try to get him out of it in fact people in south africa uh actually south africa media is calling it Zexit, corny as hell, but sure. Um, they, in, a, in a televised statement, he said he was quitting with immediate effect, but he said he disagreed with his the ANC's party decision on the 15th of February. The ANC has told him to step down or face a vote of no confidence in Parliament. Uh, Cyril Ramaphosa, who was voted in as the leader of the ANC, has now become South Africa's president a day after Jacob Zuma resigned. He was the only candidate nominated by Parliament, which is dominated by his ANC uh, party. Uh, MPs actually broke into song at the time. In his first presidential speech, Mr. Ramaphosa, at age 65, old man, said he would tackle the corruption, which allegedly, of course, became widespread under the previous president, Jacob Zuma. Um, guys, thoughts? Hello. I thought that okay. this was very, um, it, it's sort of like a whirlwind, like they're asking him to step down. I mean, I, I, I know that there has been some sort of like back and forth for like months, but yeah. I was surprised um, that he actually um, did quit. Like, I didn't think that that was something that was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, well. So, I don't know. I... I'm sort of anxious to see like what the future will bring and like mm. how 
how the country sort of like evolves and like moves on from this because mm-hmm. um, I feel like knowing knowing the history of a lot of African uh, countries yeah. we, you're just replacing a problem with a problem with so um, it'll be yeah so it'll be interesting to see um, where this goes and yeah. how they choose to handle things from here yeah okay awesome awesome Michael. what are your thoughts on this issue uh, first of all, I would just like to say that I have many thoughts, by the way, but I just want to put two or three out there. Okay. Um, a lot of the stories we're going to we're going to cover in this episode are just interesting. It's like a super story continuation episode yeah, of I mean, like previous might. matters we've discussed. We keep, we'll keep it especially we keep it interesting, like, yeah, and it's it's right. interesting to follow up and see how things trend because mm-hmm. at the time when we were initially discussing the topic, we had no idea that this is what it would lead to. Yeah. I remember we spoke about Cyril Ramaphosa, mm-hmm. and this is essentially his second turn, his second um, attempt at being attempt president. Be, yeah. Right. Right. Because under Mandela, he was he wanted to be president, but they chose President Zuma done. instead, or yeah. ex-president Zuma, uh, and now it's his right. second turn. Mm-hmm. And then we had high hopes for him because he apparently left the political scene and then came back so i think this is an interesting development i want to believe in him so much Mm -hmm. but based on past experience i have trust issues honestly but i want to believe that he will do good things for south africa and and that's sometimes the least we can do because a lot of these people don't quite have a track record they don't have um, much of and he's had some public service but not necessarily at the scale of being a president so and this will be interesting to see play out. We at Pod Save Africa stay keeping you updated. We told you when uh, Cyril was voted in as the party leader, and uh, this is what it has all uh, culminated in. Um, so on to the next. So going off. Yes. Hey, so uh, sorry. Um, before we go on, um, I, I, I guess. <laughs> wow. Um, just what you said sort of like um, springed up a question in my head. How much public service? Sorry. Wow. Continue now. Continue. How much? Public, wow. How much public? Wow. Wow. How much public um, service? How much public service do you guys think um, is? How much public service experience do you guys think is needed um, or required, in your own opinion, um, for someone to become um, the leader of a country? Do, do you guys think that? Um, a number of years basically like corresponds to how effective they could be if they eventually hold power? So I think you should have at least held a term of office, whatever length of term that is in your country. Like, so if you're, you should be a senator for a term, you should be a governor, you should be a representative. And it's not really about the length of the terms, how productive you were in, in, in that period. Unfortunately, reporting is not the best. We don't have... Uh, journalists tracking each senator in every uh, country on the African continent. So we don't really know how well people did. We'll just hear them come up from nowhere and just suddenly hear that, oh, these guys are running for president and, you know, people start to look at using antidote about how how nice the person is as an individual, whereas the truth is in leadership that doesn't matter quite as much. Um, so so I think it's, it's a both the quality, but if I were to give you a time frame, I would say at least one term. So even if it's a two-year term, mm-hmm. you know, at least I've done that one. Even if it's city council leader, even if it's class prefecture, at least one term, please. Gotcha. Okay. First of all, I don't agree with Aki that oh. Cyril doesn't have enough experience. <clears throat> yes, he hasn't. Because 
we forget that he was supposed to be president um, right. when President Zuma was voted, and President Zuma was voted based on the party. But mm-hmm. he was part he was part of those people that helped Mandela in freeing prisoners. He was part of that political scene. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, he he has involvement and he left to that. He, he was deputy secretary or something of the mm-hmm. ANC in right. 1991. And then he left to focus on his business and then he came back. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you need to be I like that governor or vice president. Right, but right. I don't know. <laughs> but I just, he does have experience. Yeah. But I, we don't know if... I'll, and experience right. is not the only thing that matters, That's really. Because that it true. depends on what the person wants for the future of the country. Experience does matter, but it's not the only thing, you know? All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. So on to the next story. So on to the next story. I could go. Yes. Um, so the Ethiopian Prime Minister, Hail Miriam. Hopefully that is pronounced correctly. Um, Hail Miriam Desilin resigns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another resignation. So he. Yep. Another resignation. I know it's, that one. It's, it's, it's a shit ton of resignations. <laughs> it's um, in Africa. Because there's another one. What? I said DJ Stop Khaled. Stop interrupting. Is, oh, oh, my Khaled, I I oh, my God. DJ Khaled is active in so Africa. No? No? Okay. The Ethiopian Sorry. Prime Minister has resigned. I was hilarious. Um, he says he has submitted his resignation both as Ethiopia's Prime Minister and the chairman of the country's ruling coalition. Mm. Um, and this was on the 15th of February. Um, so his announcement uh, comes amid a political crisis and lingering uh, unrest in the Horn of Africa. Um, and they have been releasing um, thousands of political prisoners to ease tensions. Um, he said that he will stay um, on as a prime minister in a caretaker capacity until um, the ruling party and the country's parliament accepts uh, his resignation and name um, a new prime minister. Um, so the parliament uh, planned to meet um, on the 16th to choose a successor. Um, and the Ethiopian foreign prime minister, because hmm. these names are just throw me for a loop. Um, but the Ethiopian foreign uh, minister is considered to be a leading candidate for the position. Okay. Um, so that's basically, it's, it's something that is unfolding or something that was unfolding. Um, but then one day after his um, resignation, mm-hmm. um, a state of, a national state of emergency was declared. Mm. Um, so a statement by the state broadcaster said that the move was necessary to stem a wave of anti-government protests. Um, no details were given on how long the um, state of emergency will last or what the specific restrictions um, are. Mm. So what do you guys think? Go ahead. Can I go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, once again, another follow-up story. Like we covered um, a story on the protests that were going on in Ethiopia between mm-hmm. those two tribes or those two regions, and mm-hmm. it's interesting. I didn't think. I guess I didn't understand the magnitude of the effect of of the unrest. Angst under right. the unrest between those two regions. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand. I didn't get it. Until I saw that, you know, he stepped down. Greg, if it's enough to make the prime minister step down, then that's some, that's a big deal, you know? And I was checking up today and the country is still in a state of, um, emergency. So I hope, I hope soon, you know, the unrest is 
dissolved and the country can go forward. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. And I think that, just to add on to that, this is a government that has been particularly repressive. Um, unfortunately, it's not part of, of, of mainstream news because Ethiopia is, you know, mm. uh, uh, an, an ally to some of the major powers in, in, in the world. Um, so kind of their, their civic... Uh, sins are usually overlooked and everybody just ignores them and and you know they're literally saying oh we're releasing all these prisoners most of which they didn't even admit to having taken in the first place so now sure, it's a i think whole, we talked about this too. yeah yeah it's a whole about the prisoners we did and it's a whole watershed moment where now you know people are you know people are thinking to strike while the iron is hot but even then you know right, you yeah. can't just cut ca- you can't capture everybody that is opposed to you eventually you know, you reach you reach a critical mass, which is what I suspect might be what is happening. Um, you know, you know they just can't continue to do so, and there's so much pressure on them because every individual added is a family looking for their you know loved one and trying to get them back. So I think that the yeah. pressure is raising. Um, and this... to go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Can I finish my statement? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Thank please. you. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyways what was i saying again before uh, somebody was interrupting me anyways um i think that the 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 change is not necessary it's one of those things where there's a change but the ruling party is still in, still the ruling party and the truth is that's the institution that perpetuated this repressive government not necessarily a single individual and there's not particularly any reason to be optimistic in this case because you know it's just a change of hands to be symbolic as far as I'm concerned. Um, if 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 elections are held now and the ruling party gets seriously challenged, that would be uh, a welcoming sight. So that's that's it. If okay. you, you can go now. Um, okay, thank you. Um, so I was just going to go off on a little tangent because that's what I always do. Um, but this just uh, something that stuck out to me while going through this story is and something that we've also discussed is uh constant tensions between different tribes yeah um and it's just it, it's something that is i guess somewhat interesting to me um not just looking at ethiopia but a lot of other african countries hmm. um always seem to have this issue especially when it comes to power hmm. um they it always seem to have this issue um with like constant like tensions between different tribes um mm-hmm. and it just goes to show um i guess one of the major effects of colonialism um just to think that you know a lot of tribes and people are just put together without you know any regard for what they stand for as mm-hmm. a tribe and mm-hmm. they're expected to just live communally and you know manage everything have no issues exactly and have no issues whatsoever but this is something that we tend to see come up over and over and over and over again like these clashes Hmm. always seem to be between you know tribes and there's just always that tension there so i think that's something that would be interesting to look at you know going forward i i have to i think it is very interesting to to look at and i agree that most of the conflict between tribes is, is as as an after effect of colonialism but mm-hmm. Ethiopia was never colonized that's true. they were briefly true. invaded by Italy that's true. so I I think it'll be interesting to look in more into why the... there is tension between the two groups because 
they shouldn't, I mean, even if they were never colonized, doesn't mean there wasn't a blue, like a blueprint left in their country or, but there shouldn't be yeah. as much friction, I think, as other African countries. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's an issue perhaps for additional research and, and focus on. Uh, we at Port Save Africa promise to oh, bring oh, you the oh. insight. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Those are some good thoughts, Michael. I think it's your time. Uh, yes. South Africa Day Zero has been pushed back to June. Hey, hey, we're excited. Hey, it's hey, helpful. Hey, yes. Yeah, Hey, hey, water for two more months. <laughs> you know, I gotta wash my car now. After my hey. birthday, it was bumming me hey. out. Yo, like it was bumming me out. Like, wow. Can't drink like, it. After my birthday, so, I'm so, thinking death. So people don't have water. Yeah, so now it's somebody <laughs> else's birthday. <laughs> um, Very good. Exactly. I can Yay. both wash my car and take a shower, man. Shit. Look fresh, you know. feel fresh. <laughs> All right, but 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 tell us how how did how did they figure that out? How did it get pushed back? Yeah, first of all, for those of our listeners who do not know, day mm-hmm. zero is the day that the reservoir levels drop below thirteen point five percent, and the city must turn off all taps. All taps. Um, the date was all taps, and then they start to ration water. I think it was. 5.5 gallons a day or something yeah, that like they were expecting to water. ration water to like one bucket of water literally yeah. but it was at first marked at april then it was pushed to may and now it's in june 4th um mm-hmm. and the good thing about this is that they're expecting that at that june 4th time would clash with um when the rainy season is supposed to start mm-hmm. um so they would get more water Mm-hmm. So the winter rains will start and the taps will not dry out completely. Um, but the reason why it was postponed was in part due to contributions from Western Cape farmers hey. who were really diligent in reducing their water usage. Props to, to you guys um, from the municipal supply from 30% to 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also donated 10 billion liters of water last week. 10 billion which, for the Which wow. could which could potentially last up to 20 days. Wow, I thought it would last more. But they also got some much... (laughs) They also got some much-needed rain, thankfully. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to break the drought, but it is, you know, good news. On Tuesday, they got five millimeters of rain, and the following Wednesday, they got seven, and Mm -hmm. that makes their February average 17. Mm. You know, um, there there were reports of as much as 20 millimeters of rain falling in the surrounding area in the 10 minute spell. The, the rain, rain lasted for 10 minutes. Wow. Um, <laughs> but as, <laughs> but you provided water, yo. So hey. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as you would expect, when after, when there's a period of heavy rain, yeah, especially a after a long, dry spell, people are unfortunately affected, and a few people died. At least nine people were killed in two separate road accidents. Hmm. Um, so the area, Cape Town, has been suffering from drought since like 2015, yeah. and it's said to be the worst in 100 years. Global so moment. the fact that you know there's, yes, <laughs> so there's the fact that there's little improvement. You know, one step at a time. June and hopefully winter rains come and they never yeah. are without water. So yeah. good news, guys. <laughs> I know. What do y'all think? Well, I'm in. I. I don't think that there is too, I don't have too, too much to say about that. Uh, something that we have been covering and something that I'm sure we will continue to cover, but mm-hmm. I'm just glad that, um, 
the time has been extended and hopefully, you know, they receive more good things and they get more rain. But that's something that no one can really control. But I'm definitely glad that this is um, that the water that they have is going to last them longer and they're able to find uh, water to help in the meantime. I think uh, I think this is a unique opportunity for the leaders of South Africa and Cape Town's a municipality to have some foresight. This means that you know if they manage to break the droughts in June or late May, hopefully as they're planning, um, that they have to think very carefully about how they conserve water. Maybe they we, maybe they keep some of the restrictions and essentially just have um, have them a little more lax so that people have more leeway. But um, they also have to essentially guard against the worst case scenario. Um, essentially prepare for this to happen again at some point in the future. So I just yeah. think that it's something that we often end up lacking, especially when it comes to leadership period, but even more evident in African countries. Um, and this is an opportunity, hopefully, if this all works out play very well, um, in the best case scenario, this is an opportunity for them to make sure that the suffering or the struggle at this level never happens again. Um, yeah, that, that's that's my uh, my two cents. Yeah, I agree. I think just as easy as it is for it to get pushed back to June, it's so much easier for it to get pushed up. I think before we had this news update, I'd even seen that it may have been pushed up mm-hmm. um, a little bit mm-hmm. from April, and then it's pushed back. So okay. it, it's really very volatile, you know. So yeah. this isn't yeah. necessarily good news. It's just more of a, you know, there's hope, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, yeah. There's hope, not necessarily that. <laughs> This is this is the actual deal. Like June fourth is when yeah. we can expect to stop getting water. Because the truth is that like that dance, the guara guara. When you do it, you'll be sweating anyhow. So if 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 you can only shower once a day, All right, like, like, on everybody, will, very, very everybody will be smelling. It's gonna be. Um, gonna I can use the next story, yo. Stinking something. Uh, eh? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> no, guar, guar, guar. I just, I, I'm thinking foresight. You guys aren't thinking like me. Anyways, um, Togo's government is to hold crisis talks with the opposition after months of ongoing protests, we, we to, which we told you all about on Positive Africa, by the way. Uh, people in Togo and the international community have set their hopes on the upcoming talks between President Farag Nasigme's government and the opposition parties in the hopes that the dialogue will resolve the ongoing crisis. This crisis started in August when protesters took to, took to the streets, demanding constitutional reform, including term limits for the president. But as the protests continued, the demands of the opposition changed. They have shifted from the return of the 1992 constitution to Farag Moscow, meaning people are no longer just protesting for constitutional reforms or term limits. That's what uh, Togolese human rights activist Farida Naborema told Al Jazeera. They want the end of the Nasibe dynasty and have and they have clearly stated, stated that this dynasty has been in power since 1967, since the father of the current president came to power. power. Uh, Ayadema ruled until his death in 2005, after which Farid, his son, became the leader of the West African country. It was Ayadema who removed the three-term limits for presidents from the constitution, leading to the Nasibes becoming the longest reigning dynasty in Africa. Although Farah's resignation has now become the opposition's main focus, Abatan says there is no chance this will actually happen. 
As a result, the protesters have lost hope in the talks even before they have gotten underway. No one believes in these talks. We have had over 20 of these in Togo since 1991. No one believes in this, especially not the opposition. Nabarema told Al Jazeera. The opposition is not naive enough to expect the dictatorship to negotiate its own dismissal, she added. Wow, that last one was, that shit was heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was heavy. <laughs> it was heavy. What are your thoughts, guys? I mean, when I first saw this story, um, when I was first reading through it, I had hope. I was like, okay, they've been in power for a long time. Mm-hmm. That, oh, they're having a talk means that maybe stuff would, would happen, go well. And then continued through the rest of the story and saying, oh, this is the first of many talks. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. That They're yeah. just doing this to show face type of thing. I was mm-hmm. just like, damn. Like, like wow. oh. And like... How many African leaders, what is it with it yeah. and like holding power? Yep. Everybody, Mugabe, Zuma, all of them just like to just hold on. And, and it's never well, really worked out. You never <laughs> die with a great legacy. Nobody's ever really happy that you stayed that long. You just. Right. Everybody just the more and longer you stay, the more people begin to know that you're annoying. You know, it's like. Exactly. It's like when you stay at your face long enough, you begin to notice the blemishes, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Leave while the applause is loudest. Um, I guess I'm just hoping that, like, with how politically um, active younger people are becoming mm-hmm. and how younger people are trying to get into this space and, like, have these conversations, I'm okay. hoping that people in power start to realize. And I kind of think that that's slowly what is beginning to happen. Like Hmm. people are starting to realize, especially with social media and things that Mm -hmm. you can't keep, like you can't keep up this facade of, Oh, everything is great. And you know, we know what we're doing when Hmm. we clearly see that you, you don't know what you're doing. People, Mm -hmm. people are speaking out. People are having conversations. People in the diaspora are getting involved um, that did not have, some sort of avenue otherwise so i'm hoping that you know even if these talks are just for show i'm hoping that it when they see and if they see that people are actually um interested to see how this will pan out that something does come out of it no matter how little or intangible it may seem because you know it's it's the little droplets that make the that make the big ocean at the end of the day so We'll see how things go, but I'm not too optimistic, but fingers crossed. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I myself have no additional thoughts. Are you going anything else? Hello? No, no, no. No additional thoughts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I am all good. All right. If we, I think it's all your right. turn. All right. Uh, Zimbabwean opposition leader Morgan Savangiari. Hmm. has passed. Um, Nelson Chamisa has been named acting president. Um, Zimbabwe's opposition leader, Morgan oh my god. I see you are struggling. I don't know what's going on with, like, I I am really, really struggling today. I I don't know. I think my dentist did something. That's that's my excuse. He has died um, age 65 after a battle with cancer. Hmm. Um, Elias Mozuri, uh, a vice president of the Movement for Democratic Change Party, has said 
Um, he had been in and out of a hospital in South Africa um, after revealing in 2016 that he had colon cancer. Hmm. Um, he emerged as a powerful public speaker and opposition leader, um, organizing protests to try to push Mugabe out. Throughout his life, he was jailed several times, charged hmm. with treason, and labeled a traitor by Mugabe's uh, supporters. In the 2008 presidential election, he was the main challenger to Mugabe hmm. um, and the um, ZANU-PF party, okay. uh, which has been the um, ruling party for a very long time. Um, he did secure 47% of the vote in the first round, compared to uh, Mugabe's 43%, um, but because his victory fell short of the threshold needed to avoid a second round, Mm -hmm. um, a runoff was organized. Mugabe ended up being the sole candidate um, because he, uh, Savangari boycotted the votes due to um, intimidation, harassment, and violence against his supporters. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2013, Savangari described the year's um, since the coalition government took place as a painful transition characterized by the absence of a genuine partner. Um, that same year, he also lost um, the presidential elections again by a large margin. Um, but in 2017, a coalition was formed to challenge uh, Mugabe's grip on power. And Savangari once again um, was believed by many to pose a significant test for the former a president. Um, his relentless his relentless push for democratic change um, won Savangari several awards, um, including an honorary doctorate of laws from Paichai University in South Korea and um, the Solidar Silver Rose Award. Um, his death comes a few months after Zimbabweans are expected to head to the polls to elect a new president following. Uh, the resignation of Mugabe, who has been succeeded by Emerson Mangawa. Hey. Mangagawa? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me today. It's I do right. apologize. That's, that's all right. Yeah, so what do you guys think? This is the, uh, well, it's it, it's not a recent resignation, speaking of Mugabe's resignation, but yeah. this is what the third this resignation is... we're speaking about today, Yeah. technically this, speaking. This, yeah, I mean, the guy died, please. It's not a resignation. He resigned from life. No, Mugabe. Oh, oh Mugabe. Mugabe. Oh, my bad. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cannot. You said resignation. I was like, ah, I said the guy that. Ah, what's, what's, I'm sorry. Okay, my bad. My but apologies. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, it It sucks because um, I'm sure Wait. if if he was still alive, um, he probably would have sure. run yeah. um, for for government and I think he he yeah. what I will say is that he um fought for his country yeah. and he believed um that things could change and yeah. he wanted to be an active part of that change and so I think for that, you know he goes down in the history books as as one of the ones who you know, constantly, constantly fought and someone who constantly believes that he could be a part of change. Do you think he should have contested if he was alive? No. Okay. I agree. No. Uh, Michael, what about you? What do you think? Um, 
while following the story, and I just like to point out interesting facts. Hey. One of the more interesting facts about him is that in 1998, um, hired men were tried to throw him off the ninth floor huh? of his of his Chester House office in Central Harare, like the hired men yeah. instead of you know killing him on site or something. They, they tried to throw him down from the floor. Why? But right. luckily for him, there were workers um, who were working below and they spontaneously laid down their tools and helped, or I mean, saved him somehow. Yeah. But Did they you know, one him? of the many. They, I mean, he, he survived that, so okay. I'm guessing they did. Yeah. Um, but one of one of the things that were used against him throughout his political career was the, was his personal life, which mm-hmm. I find so silly. Like one of those things, reasons why I think he was said to be kind of an embarrassment was that he, after his first wife died, he wed a businesswoman. But he did not sign the legal marriage register due to a legal challenge that was filed against their union by the prime minister's ex-lover. Ah. What? And then, I mean, <laughs> I mean, super story, oh, like I said. <laughs> super story. But also, I mean, while that is like some hot drama, I don't know uh-huh. how, but I don't know how that was used against him in his political life. You know, right. that was one of those things that was constantly. I can imagine him trying to run for power. Someone says, oh "Ah, you that you were had to love us, running over you." Type situation. I literally could not deal, but I definitely think <laughs> that his his life should be made into a movie for sure. Because I did sure. not right. know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that homeboy had it like that. If you look at the <laughs> homeboy had it. Yeah, I mean, you know, he really did like the juice and the sauce. Oh, the juice. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, I think he's an interesting person to follow on up on. Mm-hmm. Um, he rose from humble beginnings. He used yeah. to be a minor before before he got into the wow. political scene. So it's mm-hmm. good to see people aspire to be more and. They were more. And I think that is an example for us growing. Uh, we can ex- aspire to be more. And not let the power go to our head, because that's what always happens. But hopefully not let the power get to our heads. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, it's 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 almost painful. You work so hard for this cause and some version of that seems to be within reach. And then you just, you just die. Um, you, however, are right. I, I do agree with you if you're saying that he shouldn't have run, that he should have used his leverage to push a younger candidate that would have been the image of a new future for Zimbabwe, somebody that uh, people could get behind, that was talented, was skilled, was of good integrity and a right mind. Um, you know, he was 65 at the end of the day. Um, he was still an old man, period. And you know, I understand that you work hard and you fight so hard. But sometimes your purpose in life is not necessarily to sit on the throne, it's to help uh, prepare the next generation to do so. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a little bit sad. Um, yeah, so, Oinko, I think you have the next story. <laughs> I don't know if I can go through this story like, without busting without, into laughter. This, so, I'm this, just getting This is a story of historical <laughs> proportions. <laughs> Hey. Ha, ha, ha. That, was, that was hilarious. Yeah, listeners will get it in like one second. Just, just hold on. I cannot deal. Okay, so breathe, breathe. Okay. 
Okay, let's go. Nigeria is big. Eight million of Naira. No, 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 guys. That's just you. I thought this thing was fake news till BBC carried it. (laughs) This is reported by BBC, by the way. Eight million of Naira in a jam office in Makudu, the capital of Benue State in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. So the jam office... JAM is a national exam taken throughout Nigeria. It's Joint Academic Magic and Relation Board. I remember. Let me finish now. I was sorry. going to say. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh-uh. Continue. <laughs> Let me save my story. Anyways, that's the snake supposedly ate 36 million naira, mm. which is the equivalent of 100,000 US dollars or 72,000 pounds. Mm. So, a lot of money. Yeah. She said that the, the clerk. This was found out during an audit. As she was answering audit queries and said that her housemate and a fellow employee had confessed to spiritually stealing the money she kept in the office vault. She now said that from then, how did the snake enter this actually? Honestly, like. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I guess after they stole the money, the snake ate the money. Huh. Yeah. Give me a second. Let me. Yeah. Snake child. Snake child. The money somehow. <laughs> Snake child. The money somehow. Yeah. But, uh, it's the that amount is the equivalent of a hundred thousand dollars. Imagine somebody telling you that your hundred thousand dollars has disappeared because a snake, a snake has has swallowed it. That snake better be the devil himself because <laughs> somebody is wandering that shot. place. I the Nigerian like grad body is trying to probe into how the snake ate over a hundred thousand government funds. I mean, the snake could not even manage one dollar, wow. you know, like one dollar worth of the money or two, a hundred. Like, just I wonder if he ate it all at once. I don't think this is or interesting. Like, I think the person just lied. I feel I... like, <laughs> of course, of course so did how 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 is how how are you having millions of naira in your Office. Office, yeah, that's key too. Vault. I don't like, right. And like, right. And that's a, that's a, it's just, there are so many, there are so many holes, like, in this bullshit story that I, I, I just don't understand how you hmm. will, like, you as a representative of the government in whatever capacity, I don't understand how you think that it is somewhat okay or, like, it makes sense for you to open your mouth and say that, oh, some reptile came into my house. Yeah. Like, it, w- it would have been easier for you to say, oh, the house burnt down and the place <laughs> is still there. I did the, yeah. Than, that, like, down for you to say, oh, a snake came, came in and ate millions of naira that we just had in the office, which is already, like, a huge major fuck-up. But, like, let's not, let's overlook that part and, like, Come on. You know, Come you know, on. you know what offends I, me the most about this story. The thing that truly pains me is that these guys really gave this snake citizenship. They said Nigeria snake. <laughs> they didn't even say a snake. The snake has the snake <laughs> has green passports. Yeah, like <laughs> they gave. They, they said Nigeria you, snake. I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> You just on CNN, and CNN is literally it's saying, saying Nigerian, Nigerian snake. Like, first of all, with the claims, like, what? Oh, what do you mean? 
<sighs> I, I, think, uh, I think they need to fire everybody in the jam office. Everybody. The fact that they're hiring that that they're hiring people that would sit down comfortably and say, Oh, the running one missing because it's snake because it's snake out is like, a problem. Like, like and had the guts really board. Hey. That's an education board. See, like if somebody that that's a lovely level of reasoning. Ah, we're, yeah. we're in big trouble. I don't, I, know, like I, that's the education board that determines if people will get into Nigerian university. Like what? Apparently, it's a clerk. Apparently, it was a clerk. But then, and I guess that's just no. No one even said what the money is for. Yeah. I think this is just this is just one of those like it, it's almost like a it's almost like a page out of. Donald Trump's book. Oh, I don't know if Donald Trump is taking a page out of the Niger- the Nigerian uh, politician's book. Like, I really don't know. But just mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like you 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 feed us some like bullshit outlandish story just to distract us from the fact that money was something yeah. is obviously very wrong yeah. here. Like, what is the money for? Yeah. Is the <clears throat> right? Is the money is the money supposed to pay off people who are supposed to be like invigilating exams, yeah. or is this the money that 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 people who are actually taking jamb are paying? And yeah. if we think about it, like we we often talk about how extremely broken the Nigerian education system is. And it's like when 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 you don't have a budget that makes sense, and then even with the little money you have in the budget, snakes are eating the, the, the 36, <laughs> 36 million out of hey, not just of, any snakes, the, like, Nigerian snakes. Yeah, right. Don't don't, don't it's rule just that out. Something something is incredibly fucked up and broken here, yeah. and I don't think that. I hope that they are not well obviously they are but i just hope that they truly investigate this and try to figure out exactly what's going on mm. and uh people who are responsible be held to book if yeah. if you are the owner of the snake you and your snake should go to prison <laughs> you and i don't snake. i don't understand so the snake can like, be chowy body the snake too can go to prison i'm just like 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 i'm confused I'm so confused. Yeah. I think I think the purpose behind some outlandish stories like this is distraction. Yeah. Honestly, I think if from the person that said it, from the news reports that decided to, to publicize it. this right, madness, right. I think it's, it's a distraction from you know what I mean. Why did they decide to do an audit? I mean, is this like a mandatory regular audit, or is this All was right. there a reason why they decided to probe into? You know that jam office at the time. I think right. that's probably should be important. Yeah, something going right, on but that's not highlighted in any <clears throat> of you know the news articles yeah. that I've looked yeah. at, mm-hmm. or, or maybe I've, I just missed it. But I think the reason behind these stories is mostly a distraction. All right. Uh, so guys, um, I will go on to the uh, final story for today, and this is less of a story, but more just a celebration of Black and African culture, um, Black excellence. Uh, black girl hey, Wakanda Wakanda for a damn I did the chest thing so... just now. I just I just beat my chest twice. Oh okay. my god. I'm like, yo, I, I think I can still squeeze in another show yo, tonight like, before yeah. I go to bed. Uh, well, because I'm doing very well. I'm planning on going to see it again this weekend. Like, yo, me and this me and this Wakanda, we are going to break that box office. I'm a JG. Scatter the whole thing. But um, <laughs> I hey. can't deal. But I'm so proud that it, it, it literally is just and, a celebration of everything yeah, that yeah, is yeah. 
everything about being black and being African yeah. and just being and proud such of. such a beautiful merger of both things. It was wonderful seeing other people wearing the African way to go to the cinema. I mean, sorry, I rocked though. I rocked. I ain't going to lie. I was wearing my... And it was not uh, offensive. It I wasn't. Think that's you know, like the biggest thing for me. So, I was expecting yeah, exactly. some crazy outfit that would yeah. just be totally offensive. Yeah. They followed but it feels the, the culture. Thing they they I, I the was culture. like, I know about this. I knew about this. Exactly. Like, they were not offensive. They yeah. were like original. The yeah. accents were pretty, like well, pretty much spot on. Especially that guy who I was pretty really sure awesome. was Igbo. I thought that guy was Igbo. Mbaku. Mbaku. Yo, yo, we forgot. We forgot to do our disclaimer. Anyways, disclaimer at this point. We are very sportsy. I think we sports in moments of extreme thirst. Please, please, <laughs> please. This, is an, this, this podcast. Children, listen to this podcast, please. Everything. Your mates are lost in your mates are lost in your mates are See your see your life. See your whole life. I did not know that that was how they did over over in Trinidad and Tobago. I was just like, you know? Can I tell my story? Excuse me, can I tell excuse me. Excuse me, please. Excuse me. That's Girl, I can totally relate. That's enough to ask. Oh my gosh. Anyways, anyways, Lupita, Lupita is bae, and as long as she's not taking there's still hope. Um, my girlfriend also listens to this podcast, but we're all gonna be alright. <laughs> Lupita's dad is rich. You can marry me and my girlfriend. It's alright. Lupita, I love you. I just want you to know that. I've always I'm just like, wanted you dude, from the jump, everything. just so you know. Anyways, what was you guys's or who was you guys's favorite character? Lupita, of course. I mean. Apart from I can do Mbaku, I think my, my favorite character was was the younger sister. I loved oh, all of her so lines, especially fun. that sneaker line. That she sneaker so line, like, hey. cracks me up. What I was are those? Ten minutes hey, after that, that, <clears throat> no, yeah. no, no. When when she was like, I call them sneakers. Sneakers, so yeah. Like, <laughs> that was. Yeah, you, like the, that was oh, super alert, funny. No dead sarcasm. I think my my favorite character is still Daniel. Spoiler alert. Kakuli, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't pronounce his last name. I can't recall it at this time. But like just his, uh, yeah, the 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 guy from Get Out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his yeah. his his uh his name or the name of the his character in the movie was Wakabi. Was Wakabi, yes. Yeah. So so, sure. so even though like you watch the you anyways you people watch the movie, but just his ability to act using just his face, like he really ever see, he doesn't really say much, but you just see his eyes and automatically know where his head is at. And I just love kind of the richness of such nuance in his acting, and it, I just always find it particularly impressive. Um, so yeah, that was my favorite character. Anyways, uh, who was your favorite character? My favorite character in mm. the whole entire movie yes. was Okoye. Okoye, we did win, dude. My God. I wanted to die. I was screaming. Everything. Like, I loved how incredibly, like, just how incredibly layered her, her character, character is. was, like, right, 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 right? It was just. It was just everything. Like, yeah. I absolutely love her. I love that she's going to be in future. So, like, uh, hopefully and, and she's going to be movies. in. Nah. She's in, too Yeah, like, hopefully she's going to be in The Avengers. Yeah. But uh-huh, I just and, uh, love, love, love French house. her character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? Yeah, exactly. Shut your head up. Like, just leave right now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. I literally did not do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
I uh, literally cannot deal. All right, but all right. yeah, I absolutely loved her character. Yeah, my favorite line in the movie was spoiler alert. My favorite line in the movie was "Don't scare me like that, colonizer." Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> yo, yeah, that was a good one. All right, Everything. all right, wait, wait, guys, let me let me do the story. We're running yeah. out of time. All right, so uh, Marvel's Black Panther is actually they they took from a lot of cultures and they did it so well. Um, and I'd like to highlight some of them. Um, the first is Basotho Leso from the in Lesotho, a tribe of warriors uh, described as simple simple park uh, farmers that protect Wakanda's borders. They wear distinctive costume features like the blanket coat clothes they wear, and those are the traditional gear of the Basotho people. Uh, the Ajaham of ja- Ajagam or Ajaham of Nigeria. In several scenes in the movie. Wakandan text appears on the screen and is inscribed on the walls in T'Challa's throne room. In reality, though, the script draws in inspiration from NCBD, with origins in modern-day Cross River and Southeast Nigeria, uh, the Ndebele, South Africa. Gold rings worn around the necks of the Dora Melaje come from the Ndebele tribe of South Africa, known as Nzila. Only married Ndebele women wear the rings, even though they've become something of a fashion trend in South Africa lately. Uh, the Ovahimba Namibia, uh, one of the elders in Wakanda, wears the distinctive locks of the Ovahimba woman. You can tell, you will tell, you will know immediately. You see it. They're sculpted in OTJ uh, paste. It's uh, reddish. It, it's made of butter, fat, red archery, and scented and scented with herbal aromatics. Um, and they twist it into locks, and often they leave the ends in a puff. If you like, if you heard, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've seen the movie. Uh, Zulu, South Africa. Angela Bassett is the queen mother in the movie, and she makes an entrance with a large disc headdress. Um, and in most of her scenes, she wears a smaller version of the hat. Um, that's borrowed from Zulu culture in South Africa. The Maasai in Kenya, the Dora Milaje with a deep red armor and tall spurs look like Maasai warriors, which, which is a look that the costume designer, I think her last name is Carter, was drawing for. Uh, Dahomey Republic of Benin. This is actually one of my favorite stories. The fearsome Dora Milaje actually have a, a history in the, an all-female military unit believed to have been inspired by a real-life real life version of female uh, soldiers which existed in the 1600s in Dahomey, present-day Republic of Benin in West Africa. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the group are called the Dahomey Amazons, I think that's what white people ended up calling them. Um, and yeah, it's, it was just, it's just a fast, you know, fascinating draw from history. Uh, the Igbo in Nigeria, as well, um, Michael B. Jordan, uh, the mask he, he steals at the beginning of the movie, um, is drawn from Igbo uh, origins in southeast uh, Nigeria. There's so much more, including uh, Ghanaian Kente and things like that that are included in the movie. So, yeah, um, I was just really proud of how the, st- the story drew from all of those things. Um, yeah, so, guys. Uh, One of my favorite parts of the movie, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, was that even in the scene in the in the most technologically advanced country, mm-hmm. their marketplace was still African. African. You know, yeah. it was still the the countryside <clears throat> or not the countryside, the city side was still African. It wasn't right. like oh, what you would expect with that picture that would be, yeah. that's been painted in the heads of what the most technologically so, advanced country would look like. Look here. like it right. was still very. It was still very African, and I I like that they got that. You know, I don't know how much. What type of research that they put into that, but you know, kudos, 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 yeah, fantastic job, uh, Wakanda forever. Anyways. Such a huge trend. I yeah. I can't wait for the um, for the sequel to be announced. So, honestly, um, because I will be 
I'll be you know. buying advance tickets. Yeah. Pre sales. Yeah. Pre sales. Yeah. 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 Ryan Kugler is an um, unbelievable director. I have to give credit to the I, man. Man. I do hope. Wait, so quick question. Yes. What did you guys think of the accents? The accents, I think the guy who was sort of Iboish was very good. Um, I suspect that Mbako, yeah, Mbako was very was good. Like in fact, I thought he was yeah. Nigerian until I found out he was not. Me and I was impressed. I really did. Me yeah, too. I thought I he did. was Nigerian. Um, I think that um, I think that if, to a good degree, the truth is that African accents in themselves vary very significantly. Um, they're just certain right. things you want to see, like that would essentially tell you something that oh, this is an Africanish accent. Um, I think they had that mm-hmm. down pat pretty much in the entirety the entirety of the movie. Um, there are one or two characters that with you know, just like a sing on singular occasion, just like one time they would just like say something and you're just like, mm, that's a little off, but like for the most part yeah. it was on point. I think I the guess... one person I really struggled to say was T'Challa. Like T'Challa, uh... with everybody else. Yeah, I think he's because I know African you know accents vary across the board. Right. Across the board, yeah. across Africa. But you still recognize when you hear an African accent. You recognize. Like you, you know what you know T'Challa sounds like. I don't know what it is. You know what T'Challa sounds like, which is why I'm not like too. T'Challa sounds like a. Like a, either like a Kenyan or like a South African or maybe even Ethiopian. That went to school abroad and has so. come back. No, no, no. He does. He does. Like if you oh, hear, that went to school, that went school abroad. So you can still tell like. It's still a little bit, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not from the streets, but like, it's still very, and if you look at because the comic books as well, he studied abroad in the comic books as well. So like, I, I almost kind of forgave that off the bat coming in. So the reason, the reason why, the reason why I was asking was because I guess when I watched it the second time, mm-hmm. I kind of realized, like, I completely get what you guys are saying about, um, about the accent, um, but I kind of realized that um, I guess where where the actors got inspiration for their accents from seemed to be completely different. And this was a conversation I was also having with like my cousins and stuff. Because cool. we were saying how um, the Nigeria kind of sounded a little bit Ghanaian. Right. Um, Lupita sounded um, more East African. And Baku sounded like Nigerian. Nigerian so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and right. I know in the movie they are all from different, different tribes. Right. So I, I'm not sure if that is something. Ooh, I'm hoping I gotta that watch that out for that. If it's consistent to, across tribes, that'd be dope. Yeah. So I, I, I'm hoping that that is what they were going for mm-hmm. because I kind of felt like the accents were all over the place. Yeah. But you know, like, yeah, It was definitely yeah. not the same. Like, they they were trying to. Uh, not necessarily. Since there are five different tribes, it could have worked out. Like, if that's what they're going for, that's very yes. good. Yeah, I, I want to watch that again that's what out. they were going for. If yeah. not, I just felt like the accents were a little bit all over the place. Because, yeah. I mean, I don't care if they don't all sound exactly the same, but right. at least sound like you're getting your sort accents from one right. general area. One general right. area. But if they're doing the whole different tribes thing, that yeah. would make sense, kind yeah. of. But, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, all right, guys, that's it for our Alrighty. episode. Thanks for listening in. It's been Akandi Adirile with Pod Save Africa. Uh, Oniko and Ifi, say bye-bye. Thanks for listening, guys. We shall see you in two weeks. Peace.
Yes, we love, love, love talking to you guys, but yeah. we don't want it to feel like a one-way conversation. So yeah. if, you, if anything jumps out at you while listening to this episode, please mm-hmm. let us know. Hey, we respond Either on Twitter. Either through our Twitter account. We will, we, we try our best to engage. Yeah, we engage for sure. <laughs> and let us know if you guys Twitter like Twitter or what? Yes, yes, please let us know what you think of the movie. Absolutely. Uh, but you can reach out to us on Twitter or through email if you don't know, get shy. All right, awesome. Everybody, have a wonderful <laughs> rest of your week. Goodbye. Peace. Yes, all. Bye. Yeah.